Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we are back with the penultimate episode of Season 6 of Doctor Who, uh, Closing Time, which is the return of Craig Owens. And uh, it is a companion light episode, but a partner full episode. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about closing time in just a second. Before we do, I want to remind everybody, we are from the website, geekshowentertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we like to talk about that geeky stuff, like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion, as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, A Couple of Geeks, and Super Geeks. And you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website, join our community, and comment on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. All right, so uh, closing time. The return of Craig Owens. Um, yeah. This should this episode probably should have just been called Baby Time, uh, because that's what it was time for. Babies, <clears throat> lots of babies that looked nothing alike, but were all playing the same baby. Well, um, it was a it was a chameleon baby. I think they that was in the uh, the novelization that they're going to release. Is they're going to talk about how it's a chameleon baby? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> Don't send us emails asking when the novelization of Closing Time is coming out. Um, so, so what what did you think of of Closing Time, Matt? Yeah, I mean, just overall thoughts before we get into specific things in a bit. Um, well, I mean, a lot of what I have to talk about um, specifically with this, I think it's good, um, uh, worthy of a lot of discussion, as I'm sure we're going to see over the next three hours. Um, uh, God, I hope not. I hope not. (laughs) uh, Me too. Um, uh, Worthy of discussion. Interesting, strong, not as strong as the last two weeks, but a good time. Uh, Really kind of felt like the sort of solid that season five did. um, Because season five was really just stuff that was on this caliber of just pretty consistently strong. Um, I watched... uh, the lodger last night in preparation for my watch of it this morning. Um, so I think a lot of my interpretations are going to be compared to the lodger, but a lot of it has been like, you know, billing this as the lodger two, 
Um, so right. I don't, I don't see how we can get away from that, but I thought it was strong. I thought they made a couple of interesting choices that I don't think they should have made as always. Um, I self-righteously think I know all things about Dr. Who, uh, you might agree with me or not, whatever. Um, but I thought it was good. It was a good time. Uh, weirdest last five minutes to a Dr. Who episode I've seen in a long time. Um, I'll agree with that just because we're going to discuss them, but we're discussing them last because not even, not oh even necessarily boy. five minutes, more like the last two minutes, really. two, three minutes. Yeah. Basically when the doctor returns to the TARDIS from that moment through to the end. Yeah, I agree. Really, just really, really interesting because I don't know. I think that's going to be a huge amount of discussion as we finish talking about closing time. Um, but yeah, interesting. Good. I'd give it a thumbs up. Uh, I don't think it was the strongest of the season, but like if this if the season was this solid the whole way through, I wouldn't be complaining about this season again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, thumbs up, thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, um, I I've I've seen I've watched it twice because um, mm-hmm. I watched it yesterday and I watched it a little like with dinner today um, in preparation for this, and uh, it's it feels a lot like the lodger to me in. Uh, the way that I felt about the lodger last season um, in that the first time I saw the lodger, I didn't really appreciate it because I was wanting answers to the story overall and not really enjoying the episode that I got. It wasn't until I went back and watched it that I loved it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a similar feeling that I had the first time I watched this, and then I watched it a second time. I enjoyed it a lot more, like a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I think it's a worthy sequel to The Lodger, um, and you know, I I would still like uh, the return of Craig Owens. Though I will say that if he comes back again, I I almost want him to come back after Matt Smith regenerates, because that's something that I would like to see Craig uh, react to. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but, but either way, like, I, I did really like this. Um, the last three minutes were questionable and odd. Um, but, again, we'll get to that later. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, I, it had its moments. I think there were, there were about five too many gay jokes. Um, yes, yes. About yeah. five too many. Yeah. Cause there was a, there was about 22. Uh, <laughs> and it would have been one thing if it was just the running gag of the whole partner companion thing, but then they, they, they had like other gay jokes that had nothing to do with that, that I was like, yeah. that's really, this is a lot of gay jokes. There's a lot of mm-hmm. gay jokes. Um, mm-hmm. and mostly coming from one character I felt. Um, yeah, maybe it, maybe it's different in the second one, but like I think that like if you're gonna do it, don't make it just the one homophobic character. Like do it all the way. Just like go make everyone make the joke. Yeah, that's funnier. Yeah. Otherwise, she just comes off as feeling you know homophobic or whatever, which is fine if you want to make that character. But yeah, it's know, all it was also it's also odd because that was never brought up in the lodger. So like it would have been one thing if it was a running gag from the lodger into this one, but it wasn't. It was like a brand new gag, and it was odd and mm-hmm. I, I yeah no if um, anything it works here though because the uh i know i'm jumping into the discussion of it but like it, it uh it works here almost more because the dynamic has changed as opposed to the lodger so i mean yeah. i i agree with that i'm just saying there was yeah. a, it was a lot 
It was. A lot. I agree. It was. It made me uncomfortable. I'll be honest. <laughs> um. So you know that you know there's there's I that. Think, it was. I think it was. It was solid though. I. Sophie was sorely missing. I feel. Like I, sure. I feel like they were sure. just like, hey, look, remember Sophie? Okay, well, we don't have room for her in this story, so she's going to go away now. <laughs> I think it's code for she could do one day of filming. Probably. Um. <laughs> probably. I think my thing is also like, I think the best way to describe this, and it sounds so obvious, but it's kind of true. Um, of this season's episodes compared to last season's, this is the one that is the lodger of this season. And that's a dumb comment, but it's very true. Hmm. Of this, of the episodes of this season, this is the one that is most like the lodger from last season. Well, and I, that's, I mean, that's obvious because of the whole Craig thing. But at the same time, I mean, it has a lot of similarities. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. It is in every way a sequel to the lodger. So definitely in in like like mood and everything, because um, mm-hmm. it's really silly, which isn't a bad thing. No, not um, at all. Also. This is our first uh, legitimate Cyberman story in a really long time. Yeah, probably about two. It's been about two or three years at this point. Yeah. Since Christmas 2009? Yeah. No, Christmas 2008. Yeah, 2008. Because that was the next Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, it's been almost three years. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, and worth discussing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think it's a bad Cyberman story. Um, nor do I. Nor no, do I. I mean, granted, it's it's. I mean, they're barely there, but I mean, that's kind of the point, which is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's you know, it's interesting. It's fun. There's Cybermats. Mm-hmm. Um, also, There's come along, Bitey, which is fun. That was that was cute. That was adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also worth note noting because uh, I don't feel a lot of people are talking about this. This episode takes place 200 years after last week's episode. Yep. 200 years. Yep. Um, which I feel is important to note. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So we've missed 200 years of, of, of stories with Matt Smith's Doctor and River Song. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And an odd choice. We will discuss. Yeah. All right. So let's we'll we'll start getting into uh, the nitty gritty of closing time, and I'll let you take the lead of that right after I remind you guys that uh, this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com you can purchase our book of the month, Stumptown Volume One by Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth. This book is available for twenty ninety nine, which is thirty percent off the suggested retail price of twenty nine ninety nine. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. All right, Matt. Uh, I, I guess kick us off with, with some more specific thoughts. Um, okay. The one thought that I'm kind of having now that I have a you know a couple hours emotional clarity, distance, whatever, from uh, the lodger is um, what I love about – and this, I'm sorry that I'm comparing the two, but you almost kind of have to. Um, what I love about the lodger that they didn't do so much here is the lodger is based on a very core – interesting premise which is what if the doctor was your roommate um mm-hmm. which is which is a phenomenal story um i think that uh, that sort of small idea was lacking in this story because i mean based on the previews we're led to assume that it would be what if the doctor was working at, at your shop um which is an interesting story but i feel like they 
split the time unevenly between the Craig helping Craig with being be a dad story and the shop story, and I feel like they almost should have done one or the other. Um, what if the doctor was your babysitter as opposed to trying to do both? Um, and I think I don't know what what do you think? I think that. I don't, I don't know if they caught the balance quite right. Like, the sort of, like, nugget of, oh, that's such a clever idea wasn't as interesting here as it was in the original. I'll agree with that, but at the same time, it rarely is with sequels. No, exactly. Fair, so, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. So, you know, um, like, this this was definitely a case of a uh, fan wanting sequel, or in this case, a Stephen Moffat wanting sequel. Um, sure. where everyone fell in love with Craig, they wanted him back. So Stephen Moffat commissioned a sequel to the lodger and this is what we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a worthy sequel. Yeah. I just think that for a commissioned sequel, again. it's definitely worthy. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that the, the core idea was not as played with as much as it was in the lodger. And I think that they could have spent some more time playing with the doctor in the shop. Cause I, d- I felt like the doctor in the shop was almost backgrounded because there was the idea that he was you know he was around for three days like not even three days but around for like six hours and everyone in the store knows him everyone loves him and he can get away with murder in the store which i thought that's that's really funny yeah (laughs) he had a name tag and everything like do they just have those ready is that what happens yeah yeah well not Um, only did he have well it was a printed name tag to be fair not like an engraved one um, oh sure, yeah. But but uh, I do think it's funny that he has a job at a, at a shop and his name is the doctor and nobody questions that ever. <laughs> his name tag says <laughs> the doctor. Do you, I mean, you understand? He would have had to fill out paperwork. Yeah. To which case, his first name was the and his last name was doctor. Like, mm-hmm. and he probably had to go under a background check and an interview process. Yeah. I wanted that. Callbacks. I wanted that scene. That's what I wanted. I, yeah. I, I, See, I want, that would have been fun. Where he's sitting in the cramped office with the store manager, like in an interview, <laughs> and he keeps saying hi to people who said hi to on the way in. Yeah, you know that sort. Of, and that's that would have been more fun if it was the premise of uh, the doctors working in a shop. Um, right. But they didn't go for that, and they went for the baby angle, which is still fun. It was almost like um, the Doctor and Craig getting into wacky antics with a baby, which is hilarious. Um, Definitely. So I so I like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I wish that there was more stuff with the store, because most of the store stuff was just investigating the store rather than showing the Doctor kind of dealing with working in a store, as opposed to, you know, watching the lodger and seeing the doctor play soccer or football and, uh, you know, working at Craig's place and taking a shower and trying to, you know, have a quiet evening at home. All that stuff was more fun. And that's what all I remember from the lodger. But this, I don't know if this is as memorable. Um, then again, sequel, but I just, I, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I so, agree yeah. with all that. I definitely agree. With sure. That. Sure. But it's still a good time. So. Yeah, exactly, and it's and it's a better time the second time you watch it. Trust me. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll watch it. I think I'm going to watch a bunch of stuff after I watch the. Fi- oh, I don't know if I'm going to have time. Shoot, I might watch a bunch of stuff from this half of the season before next week because we're going to do next week. We're going to do a big wrap up discussion of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we got to so, do we got to do uh, live tweeting for this half of the season. You want to do that? Yeah, we do that this week. Okay. Yeah, we'll find time. Uh, if you're interested, this is this is how things happen in the world of Scott and Matt. Um, if you're interested, <laughs> follow us on Twitter, uh, Scott Commentary and GD Commentary, and we're gonna wa- we're gonna watch. Um, I don't know. 
Should we watch the whole... Well, it's only five episodes. We could do Monday through Friday. We'll probably do a Monday through Friday live tweet of um, the first five episodes of the season uh, through those accounts. So if you're interested, follow, we'll discuss and tweet. Um, So yeah, starting tomorrow. Oh, before before the finale or after? I was going to do before in preparation. Well, we're going to have to discuss them anyways, so why not watch them before? Because we have to talk about the whole series as a whole. Yeah, but that's that's the week after the finale because we're gonna just talk about the oh. finale first. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This is called miscommunication with Scott and Matt. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I, plus, I wanted to look. I wanted to look back, like in retrospect of the season, not sure. Yeah. Sure. So um, next Monday. Yeah. Okay. Next Monday, the week after this one that you're listening to. Right. October third. Live tweet. Sure. Um. I'll have to have a discussion with you off mic about some other stuff. Anyways, um, <laughs> what else you got? What else you got for me? Um, well, okay, let's talk about the Cybermen because this was ultimately a Cybermen episode. And here's the thing sure. that I want to I want to talk about specifically before we talk about the use of the Cybermen and the Cybermats. Um, the 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 resolution of of the story. Would be something that I would nor- that would normally piss me off, but because they call attention to it being really kind of cheesy, I kind of don't mind that much. And like I don't know, there was some way I don't know if it was the way it was written or directed or a combination of the two. It didn't feel that cheesy. It didn't feel like the end of Victory of the Daleks or end of uh uh. Last of the Time Lords, you know? Sure. There was something about yeah. it. Like, something about it was well I think done. It's... Plus, it had so- I think it had something to do with, too, that the ending of The Lodger was technically super cheesy, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, the thing about The Lodger and this ending that makes it work better than, say, something like Victory of the Daleks um, is... The victory of the Daleks thing kind of comes out of nowhere, the idea of you have to teach the robot to love... Um, it's just, right. it, it comes out of nowhere. Right. Um, and but in this like case, with the you, lodger, you know, this, and in this case, you know, the Cybermen are anti-emotion. So to have emotion and be hooked up to them, that would, that would be a problem for them. Obviously. Right. And it's also like, it's also like the, the story of this very specifically from beginning to end is the story of Craig coming closer to, um, uh, what's his name? Aiden? Alfie. Aiden? Alfie, sorry, I knew it was an A, I apologize. Um, Craig coming closer to Alfie, just as the story of The Lodger was the story of uh, Craig and Sophie coming together. And, like, so even though it is a little bit cheesy and a little bit tacky, um, it's still the story that they're telling, and it doesn't feel... It feels organic, even though, you know, it, it is kind of, you know, not... Right. Um, or cheese, specifically cheesy. Yeah. So, like, that's why it works, I think. Because I, I was kind of a little bit rolling my eyes and just like, oh, this is this is the story that they're telling. But just, that, you know, that, you know, that, and I'm going to sound like a total douche here, but just because I know where the story's going doesn't mean that it's a bad story. It just means that, mm-hmm. you know, I know where the story's going. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's just something I have to deal with. And that's fine. Also, Whatever. I'm not going to lie, they had me just for a little bit. Yeah, oh, definitely. Just for a little definitely. bit, I was like, oh, are, are, really? Is this, are they going to kill Craig? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, well, I thought that especially when they were, like, latching him into the cyber body. Like, I was like, oh, my God, they're really going to do this. Are they yeah. really going to do this? And then you heard and, like, the, the blade go after it sealed him in. 
Oh, yeah. And I was just like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of dark, man. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, And that's that means that they won. If they can convince me for a minute that Craig was not going to survive the fairy tale episode, um, then that's fine. Totally. Um, but so so that's that's what you mean. But yeah, Cybermen. What else about the Cybermen? Um, I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it as a story. Like, I thought it was... I thought it was good. I liked. I I I I kind of figured out they were underground like right away. So like when yeah. they were when they were confused about being in space and all that, I was just like, I I thought they were underground. Like I don't even know why I assumed that, but there was something about. I don't know if it was just like the look of the spaceship or what it was, but for some reason I just felt like they were underground. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they spent too long on that mystery, that quote unquote sure. mystery. Sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I liked it. And I liked the Cybermats. The Cybermats were cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it was really more a Cybermat story than it was a Cyberman story. Yeah. Um, which is, which is fun. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Cybermats. For those of you who don't know, the Cybermats were a, um, were like the Cybermen little rat creatures who appeared in a couple Doctor Who stories, Tomb of the Cybermen, Wheel in Space, and Revenge of the Cybermen. Um, and I have a longstanding just love for the Cybermats for no reason, just because they're like ridiculously silly um but also like kind of terrifying at the same time because they just jump on you and i think that like i don't know they did a really good job of like updating reinventing the cybermats and making them like you know teeth bitey and stuff mm-hmm. um i really you know i really like that um what does he say robot mouse with real teeth or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> freaking yeah. out <laughs> yeah it's a silver rat um it's 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 fun. like I like them and it and it's something that they'd spoiled um you know way back like they said months ago that the Cybermats were going to show up mm-hmm. and so I was waiting for this and I thought you know when that when it showed its teeth man I literally recoiled I was like whoa hello yeah <laughs> this is the second re- reference to uh, reference specifically to Troughton's era this season hmm that's You're interesting. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Which I, I don't mind. Cause no, I love Trouton's Era is my favorite era. The classic show. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched the Dominators and I can tell you that, man, that era is both phenomenal and absolutely abysmal. Um, <laughs> but the highs the are stuff. so high. They really are. But the lows are so low. <laughs> just like, like, it's amazing that they go from like, you know. Power of the Daleks, one episode. They so Moffat's a big episodes. fan of that era, is what you're saying. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They go from Power of the Daleks to a random episode, and then they do, like, the worst Troughton episode ever. It's amazing. It's so incredible. <laughs> it's then the best Troughton episode and the second-to-last worst Troughton episode, Space Pirates and War Games, are right next to each other. It's oh, so... and Space Pirates. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, Space Pirates. It is. Space it, Pirates. It is. Underwater. It is. The, this is the Troughton era. That's... And that's funny because Matt Smith, like, any like people compare Matt Smith to Troughton more than any other Doctor. So definitely, that's and really it's interesting. An it's an apt comparison. Yeah, Underwater Menace. I just watched the Dominators, and God, the Dominators is horrible. Like, I was like bored the whole time. Literally, I was watching with my girlfriend, and we literally just started watching uh, a new Tumblr that we found called AnimalsBeingDicks.com. Oh my God, that's uh. so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, we're so off topic. Um, but yeah, it was it was horrible. Anyways, um, this I you know I I did like the Cyberman. I thought it was almost like it's one of those things where I'm slowly, slowly becoming less than enamored with this era of Doctor Who because I've watched so much classic series and I feel like the classic series has place to breathe sometimes. 
Um, the 45-minute structure of Doctor Who really means that the Cybermen are sidelined for the large portion of it. And I feel that, you know, I wish that they'd had a little more Cybermen screen time. Like, if this was an hour, I think I would have liked this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just giving them a little more room to play. That um, being said, I loved the use of the Cybermen in this. Yeah, no, this is it's probably, exactly... This is probably my favorite use of the Cybermen on the modern series. Um, sure. No, I, I definitely would probably agree with that. It's got that whole, you know, the thing about the Cybermen that makes them so cool, besides the fact that they're essentially robot zombies, is um, the notion that they kind of appear out of nowhere and work behind the scenes. Like, you know, the invasion, they don't show up for the first half of the invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that in this. Like, you see the Cybermen at the beginning, and then all of a sudden you're basically teased for the rest of the episode to see more. Um, and I like, I think Cybermen stories work best when they're the shark from Jaws. Um, uh, you know, that sort of, you don't see it until the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. I, you're right. I like that. I thought that the Cy- the use of the Cybermen was strong. Although again, I wish that they'd had a little more time to play with them more towards the end. I agree. Um, I definitely agree with that. I'm just saying like sure. the plot that the Cybermen have in this and their, 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 their reason for being in the story is really good. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good one. It's definitely very strong. And I like, um, and I do, I do like that. It's not a big deal that it's Cybermen. Like it is, but it's just it's just a Cybermen story, and we really haven't had many of those. Every time the Cybermen yeah. show up, it's this huge deal. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And, it, and in it, this it, case, it's not really. It's just another Cybermen story. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like a, like a classic series story in the way that you know, uh-huh. all of a sudden the Cybermen would be in the story, and it's not like a. It's not like a deal. It's just like, oh, they're back, but not in the way that you know the Daleks were back because the Daleks yeah. come back and everyone loses their mind. But like, we need the we Cyberman need a Dalek feel, story like this. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, where it's just like this, the almost like the Daleks are very underplayed, and mm-hmm. in that they become stronger. You know, something yeah. like um, I don't know. Evil of the Daleks is a good example of that. Maybe I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the um, where the Daleks are almost inconsequential to the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I, yeah, it's, it's something that's missing because they have to constantly sell it up. But this is like, the Cybermen are very much an afterthought in this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think about uh, the Craig and Baby story much more. In fact, the Cybermat more, I think, more, more than the Cybermen. Um, Although outside of Pandorica, is this the first time that Matt Smith has interacted with the Cybermen? Um... Because, I mean, he wasn't... Yes. That does, I mean, they happen to be in the same room. I wouldn't really say they were interacting in that. Well, they had a cameo in Good Man Goes to War, but, like, that was But he wasn't um, in that. That was, right. that was Rory. So, so. Mm-hmm. so, so yeah, this is their first thing. And it's nice to see the Doctor go up against the Cybermen. Yeah. Um, although, it's hard to do a good Cybermen story because they're so boring in terms of, <laughs> like, their goal is always the same. I mean, I love the Cybermen, but if you think about it, like, the only time that I've seen the Cybermen do something that was cool and original was Tomb of the Cybermen because... They're just trying to get out of those tombs, and the rest of the time they're just trying to convert people, which is not as interesting. Um, right. So, I mean, yeah. they're, they're literally they're zombies that talk in a robot voice. Yeah. So the less you see of them, the better, and that's why I do think that their use here was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. One thing I want to mention uh, real quick, and I know this doesn't matter to you, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the woman who played the jewelry clerk in this... Um, the, the one who was making all the gay jokes. Uh, I was looking online just before just to see, you know, just some interesting trivia. And they mentioned that the chick who plays the jewelry store clerk apparently plays Captain Rack, the pirate captain in uh, Enlightenment. 
um, which is awesome. Huh. And she was also the singing voice in The Gunfighters, because The Gunfighters has all these little sort of musical interludes where someone sings, and she apparently did the singing voice, um, which is weird. Um, so that's someone who... <laughs> Had a, has a really weird history of Doctor Who. She uh, she sings songs that have hilarious lyrics. She's a pirate captain on a spaceship in space and on a sailing ship in space, and she makes gay jokes in a, in a department store. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty eclectic as far as as far as Doctor Who goes. She might win the most eclectic appearances on Doctor Who award. Um, just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's talk about Amy and Rory because. Um, I loved Amy and Rory in this. I did because too. Uh, the only thing that I find it. questionable is the whole perfume angle, which is odd and oh, out of well, nowhere. Give it, give it a second. We're, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different discussion that um, I need to I need to talk about. But um, I, I mean, I was uh, I I accidentally went on Tumblr, not Tumblr, but my Google Reader follows this Tumblr, and the Tumblr posted a picture of Amy and Rory, and I was like, oh, I didn't want to know that they were in this, um, but. After last week, we talked a lot about Amy and Rory and how they shouldn't appear again. If you're going to make Amy and Rory appear again, this is how you do it. Here, um, here's what's great about this: his reaction to seeing Amy and Rory is exactly, almost verbatim, the reaction that David Tennant has when he sees Sarah Jane Smith in School Reunion. Yeah, where it's mm-hmm. like it's obvious he has not seen them in hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And it's just and he's. Uh, and he's in the middle of like, do I go and say hi to them or do I just stay quiet? And I yeah. love the um, the I'm just gonna retreat and not say anything about it, and it's and just watch their life from afar and realize that I did a good thing. Uh-huh. Just like, and that's just God. Matt Smith sold that moment for oh, me. Oh yeah, and it was it was such a good use because I was like, you know, last week I was like, Rami and Rory aren't gonna appear, and they did, and I was shocked. But it was such a small cameo and such a good choice. That I just I have no problems with them appearing again. I agree in this at all, um, except for the so poster. Well, here is the deal, and this is something this is something that was mentioned on IO9 by I think their reviewer of Doctor Who stories, Charlie Jane Andrews. So this this probably all goes to her. But she mentions that um, if you go back to the Russell T Davies era and you think about all the things that all that the Doctor inspired in his companions. Um, and, you know, Rose basically goes to the other world and basically becomes the owner of Torchwood, where she just goes around kicking ass and taking names and defending the Earth, like, you know, whatever. And then Martha leaves and becomes the head of Unit and whatever. Um, and then Donna, you know, Donna gets her mind wiped, but, you know, she saved the universe at the end. Um, Moffat's version of the, the companion leaving is she becomes a model. Um <laughs> Is she a model? No, she's not a model. She's not just a model. She's like she created a perfume because the the thing for the perfume, like the the saying for the perfume, is like for the girl who who doesn't want to wait anymore or something like mm-hmm. that. And the ta- and the perfume was called that. That was the tagline. The perfume was called Petrichor, um, which is cool uh, from the doctor's wife, um, mm-hmm. and that's cool. But. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about Moffat being sexist, and it's really hard to defend him right now. Yeah. Because you tell me that Amy goes off in time and space for two years, and you want me to believe that you're not treating Amy like she's a piece of meat or misogynistically, and then she goes out and designs a line of perfume. I know that that's maybe be what she wants to do, but 
Oh, I really have problems <laughs> with that. I was just like, oh, this is such a great... What the hell? Like, <laughs> that, was literally, that was literally my reaction while watching this. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little, I'm a little upset by that. Um, also, the I'm little not... girl who, like, asked for her, her autograph because well, that's what she made a do. perfume? I don't... Well, no, I think it wasn't because of the perfume. I think it was just because she saw her face and said, oh, I want, a, I want an autograph of She that. must be famous. Okay. Probably. So, that's, that might be what it is, but, oh, God, Stephen Moffat, why did you make that choice? Why did you make that choice? That's oh I can't defend that. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a huge bummer. Um, otherwise, Amy and Rory, thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs way way up. Other than the last five seconds of that sequence. Yeah, I mean it was all good up until then. Yeah, but um, although you were one while it was happening, I was like, oh, this is a nice scene. I don't know why she's signing an autograph. That's interesting. <laughs> well, what I thought it was going to be is she was going to be like an actress or something, and um, and the girl was like. All excited because she which, saw Amy and Amy was an actress. Which, 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 to be fair, to be fair, could still be the case because there are plenty of actresses who have their own perfume lines. Sure. So, um, I would agree with so that. So that could be the case, and if that's the case, then fine. I'm okay because he set up the fact that he, she likes to act because – I mean not, not act professionally, but like – her, she was always play acting with Rory. She her for a job. She dressed up in costumes. I mean, <laughs> you could go yeah. there with it. You could. No, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. fine. So, that's fine. and that's that's absolutely fine. I mean, I'm I'm okay with her being an actress, but like it doesn't look like that. And I thought that the girl was pointing towards the doctor because somehow the doctor was involved in the show that Amy was talking about as an actress, but apparently not. Um, which was a nice mystery. Pointing at the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> which would be funny and wanting his autograph, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it makes me, it made me sort of think about the larger narrative scope of where the story is kind of going next week. Um, but I guess they didn't go there. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, Matt Smith was awesome in this. Yeah, um, he was. As always. Like, he is just awesome. Um, yeah, I do always. like the running. I did not like the running gag of the gay jokes. I did like the running gag of the doctor being able to talk to babies. Yes, I almost. It's almost sad that they wasted that joke in Good Man Goes to War because it would have been so much funnier if they just dropped that science here. Yeah. Because um, because at first I was like, oh, wonderful, we're gonna see him talk to babies. But they they did a really good job, especially because he wants to be called Stormageddon. Um, <laughs> Which is still the best name. I want to be called Stormageddon so bad. How many people are going to use that as like Twitter handles now and stuff? Oh, that's so unfortunate. Stormageddon. Um, Stormageddon was awesome. And like, I like that. I, I mean, I really like, like, this was a better use of baby talking than they did in Good Man Goes to War. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it here. I really, really did. And I loved watching the doctor sort of, you know, guess, get things right, get things wrong. His super heroic moment where he broke through the glass window was awesome. Um, yep. Just in the, in the vein of like an old sort of like seeds of doom story. I know you haven't seen that, but kind of like that. Um, just, I don't, I thought it, it's just like, he's so good always. And they also set up the, the blue postcards and the Stetson and stuff for him going back to Lake Silencio. And here's what's interesting. Setting that up in this 
awesome. Setting up everything okay. and your mom with with let's kill at the end of let's kill Hitler. Not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, it's a fine line. Good. It is a fine line. Right. Well, here's the thing about this, and this is probably going to segue into our discussion of uh, the Big River song revelation at the end of this. Um, but I love, like, I knew going into this episode that it was 200 years later, um, but I loved the I'm not going to get involved of it. I loved the I, it's 200 years later. The poetry of I'm dying tomorrow is a really gorgeous sort of thing that I wish they'd dealt with a little bit more heavily um although people would complain that that's a russell t davies thing i don't care i think that's interesting um i thought that all that was really interesting and especially even the doctor talking to the little children and the children sort of giving that eyewitness account was really interesting but then they did the river song thing okay before we Um, get to the river song thing i just want to mention and this is just a real quick thing you can go right back right into there I just want to mention how much of a badass Matt Smith looks like in the Stetson and the new coat. Just saying. Oh, totally. <laughs> I really want next week to just be Stetson in long coat. Oh, my like, that would God. Be so awesome. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. all. That's all I got. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say how much of a badass he looked. Yeah. So mm-hmm. River Song. Um, <sighs> she's the astronaut. Yep. That's not. And it's funny because I watched the Doctor Who Confidential and Stephen Moffat even said, he's like, he's like, yep, it's uh, pretty much what everybody thought it would be. Uh, like, he oh, said those words. Throw my hands up in just anguish. Oh, my yeah, God. He said those words. Oh, my God. That's so unfortunate. Then again, like. That could still be him giving a misdirect, and I'm gonna hold out hope that that's misdirect. I don't know. I'm probably how. wrong. I don't know. She's underwater in the astronaut suit. I don't know how. I I just I'm so. This is my problem. Okay, first of all, my problem with this is that this is much more like that. Last three minutes was so needless. So completely needless Uh you don't need to show me this like make that instead make that the teaser to your next episode like Mm -hmm. if that was the teaser that would have been so much cooler now or even make that the prequel that they released online because uh that prequel was lame oh my god that prequel it ended i was just like what the hell was that it was literally nothing literally nothing The only thing it established is that there's more than one person that has an eye patch, which leads you to believe that maybe it's not just an eye patch. That's it. Well, I mean, I had a really interesting sort of... I saw something on on io9 in the comments of the episode for this week, and I know, I'm sorry, I'm ripping this from someone else. I don't have the credit. I apologize. If it's you, email, I will give you a kudo. Um... The Someone posited the theory that um, the eye patch has a picture of a silence on it. So... Whenever you're looking at, whenever your eyes are open, you're always seeing a silent. And you're always remembering them, oh, which is interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually what it's going to be, but it's the best sort of like, oh, that makes sense and an interesting theory, and it sort of dials into explaining why we have eye patches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and, it, and it's interesting. I'm sure it has something to do with the silence because how does Madame Kavarian constantly remember about the silence? Yeah, because um, you can't. It's impossible. Um, but. Uh, here's my thing. Here's my biggest problem with this. Um, and I know that this is something that we're going to be talking about later, but I don't care. This is something I need to talk about. Um, 
This season, I don't know what this season's about. Um, I'm led to believe that Moffat wants this season to be about this mystery of who killed the Doctor, why'd they do it, when this happened, how do we stop it, how do we prevent it from happening. Um, I'm led to believe that that is what he wanted the season to be about. But that storyline, the storyline of the Doctor being killed on Lake Silencio, which, granted, I do like that name, it's total camp. Um, that storyline has been so dropped from this whole season. Like, uh-huh. and maybe I'm wrong, maybe this is something that we're going to be, you know, dealing with later, but how many times have they not mentioned that? And, like, the past three episodes, we've had nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Not a, Like, we had one shot of the Lake Silencio death premonition thing. The rest of it has been completely sidelined, and I'm just like, you know what, if you're going to do that story, and you're going to tell that story... Tell that story. Don't, like, jerk me around for a while. And then all of a sudden at the end be like, oh, by the way, this is where we're going back to. Because mm-hmm. that happened five months ago. That was five months ago when we saw the astronaut emerge from the lake and kill the doctor in cold blood. I think, that was five months I, ago. I think the real mystery of this season is how are they going to wrap all this up in f- an hour? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because so then help again, me God, if they basically just build up to him getting killed and then he dies and they leave it there and we don't get more like <laughs> I well, they can't do that because there's a there's a christmas special oh right coming, right right so, right i i keep so, forgetting I mean, about the christmas special so yeah they can't <laughs> okay okay all right all right i keep forgetting about so, the christmas special but yeah well here's the thing is is the trailer for next week looks actually pretty nuts in the way that like if anyone can pull off a 45 minute, oh my god, we have to do everything story, it's Stephen Moffat. Sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 60 minutes, honestly. Um, because I don't see how they could possibly wrap all this up in 45 minutes. But, like, there's so much they still have to kind of deal with. They have to deal with the Doctor getting out of his death. They have to deal with the Doctor fighting the silence. They have to deal with the question. They have to deal with what happened to Amy and Rory and River, because that storyline got dropped. Um... I'm just like they they I'm going to be honest at as of this moment I have to say he dropped the ball because I like the doctor dying has been on the farthest reaches of my head because they haven't emphasized it on, at any point in this season since probably let's kill hitler um like I mean let's kill hitler they did a sort of mini discussion at the end but like was the season about amy and rory leaving was it about river killing the doctor was it about river well river wasn't really in it was it about i, I don't know and at the end of this stephen moffat's going to be telling me that oh no it was about this the whole time and it's like well then why wasn't it about that the whole time and i'm just like really come on come on this this is not the way that you do this story, I'm sorry. It's just, it's bothering me, and I can't... I mean, I'm excited to see how it ends. I'm sure it's going to be pretty badass, and I hope that it really blows me away, because right now it's really not looking like it will. Um, I kind I of hope I it's an ending. Well, it's got to be, right? Because they've said... Like, there's a thing that Moffat said in an interview recently where he said that um, this is a story that's only going for this season, and next season is going to be much more standalone. Um, okay, that's good. So it, it's gotta be, but like, I, I, I question, like, it's, it's been so up and down this whole season. This whole season has had moments where they're not even dealing with anything, like the pirate episode, or even the first episode of the Rebel Flesh, um, or Night Terrors, or even, um, 
Like instead of you those know. instead of those episodes, I would rather have seen adventures between the Doctor and River in these two hundred years. Yeah, and that's like I'd rather like, I have R- Rory and Amy have left at the end of the first half, and this half had been all all Doctor and River stories. Yeah, like a Peter Pan Wendy, like he just keeps coming to get her or something. Yeah. Um, because there is that whole thing where, like, now she's a doctor, now she's Dr. River Song, and she's halfway through her diary. So we did cut out on 200 sort of years, and there was someone on Twitter who basically said, so next week we're getting 200 years of, uh, River and the Doctor, and I'm like, that's not happening. Um, and it's like, it's like, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I don't know. But he's gotta, he's gotta have a plan. This is his thing. He's always building into his larger plan, and I like that. And it has been a while since we've had a Stephen Moffat episode. But, oh my god, what is happening? What happened? I'm so distraught because it's not, like, just, if you're gonna do that story, do that story. Don't do standalones. No one will care. There are plenty of people who hate River Song anyways. They're still going to watch. <laughs> I mean... Yep. How many people? How many people just are like, I hate River Song, but I'm still watching Doctor Who. Doesn't matter. Just go for it. And Moffat doesn't really care what other people think. So I don't see why he keeps doing a standalone story. Like, have all of his stories beat into a larger one. Like, just do that. It's not. I mean, it's a little more work, but come on. Yeah. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm like, season five held held together a lot more than this one. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it'll hold together in rewatch, especially because, like, season five had the um, the doctor wears the coat, the doctor doesn't wear the coat moment in Flesh and Stone. Um, yeah. That kind of led you to believe that there was a larger sort of thing that was kind of tying it all together. And that was, that definitely had the cracks, and he got a lot of crap for the cracks being all over the place in the season and not very subtle. But at the end of it, like... If you watched this whole season in sequence and you went, you know, Impossible Astronaut, Day of the Moon, oh, we're going places. And then you go to the Pirates episode and that just kills all your momentum. And then you do The Doctor's Wife, which doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's awesome, but it doesn't have anything to do with anything. Then you have The Flesh two-parter, which is literally just a plot device to reveal that Amy's uh, not Amy. Then you have The Middle Two, which are the story of River as a baby getting stolen by the Alliance and then um, the story of River becoming River. That's strong, but I don't see what that has to do with the death of the Doctor or the execution of the Doctor, especially because at the end of it, seemingly River's cured. And then we have Night Terrors, which has nothing to do with anything, and The Girl Who Waited, which has everything to do with Amy and Rory's relationship. And then uh, The God Complex, which is about River not River, Amy and Rory leaving, and then Closing Time, which is about the Doctor's last day, like, now you're back into the story you started at the beginning, but you went on so many detours that I've just lost interest. And I'm just like, I keep forgetting that, oh yeah, this is what we're, this is the big question. And it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. I think part I'm, of it, too, uh, stems from the problem of splitting the season in half. Definitely. That's, that's, that's not helped it. Yeah. That's not helped it. Especially because, like, if they hadn't split the season, we would be... Thir- this would be 12 weeks after the Doctor had uh, been executed at which is a, Which is a totally different place to be. Especially because they took a giant three-month break in the middle, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, that just... that 
because now now it feels like the do- the season went in a completely different direction and now it's changing course back to what it was originally supposed to be and that feels really sloppy. Yep. Um I don't know. I'm excited. I'm interested. Um I I have high expectations, um but they're very tempered. Um by I don't know if Moffat can do this. So we'll see. We'll see. I do hope he proves this wrong. I really hope he proves me wrong because I've not been super hot on this season. Um, it's had some really great highs, but really low lows. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And, the, and, and you know, it's, it's weird because, seriously, what does what does the title of next week's episode have to do with anything that we saw in the preview for next week's episode? <laughs> well, that's the thing about the preview for next week's episode. I have no idea what the preview for next week's episode told me. Yeah, which no. I'm okay with because it had me like, "Ooh, this might be really interesting." Yeah, and sort of like the big giant budget that Moffat loves to do, which I'm okay with because those are fun and exciting. But I don't know why it's spoiler called the Wedding of River Song. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm also wondering if this is the last time we're seeing River Song. Can you believe that? I don't buy that. I don't buy that for a second. I hope not. I don't buy that. Well, because I mean, like, and this is the thing, like, Moffat's been so interested in River Song, and he did an entire episode in the middle of the season that was just about River Song, um, and he's definitely interested in her, uh, more so than Amy and Rory, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so why would this be it? I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it feels like such a waste of a character, especially one who has failed to win over audiences. At least there are plenty of people who don't like her. Yeah. Um, which is, which is fine. If you don't like her, fine. You can't like everyone. But I mean, he still needs, not really... the doctor still needs to fall in love with River is the thing. Yeah. Well, at the moment, he's only making out with her because he's making out with her. Right. Um, or at least that's what, because... that was the case 200 years ago. We don't know what the case right. is now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And something now has led him to believe that he can't bring her along when she kills him, um, which is interesting. I don't know. We'll see. It's it. There's a lot that's been set up, especially, I don't know, I'm probably going to end up watching Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon before uh, next week. And for certain, probably... Good Man Goes to War and um, Let's Kill Hitler just to refresh myself because just to see how many balls in the air Stephen Moffat's been juggling because um, it's been a lot but I don't know I don't know I'm interested to see how well he wraps it up I'm really interested I'm worried we'll see I'm worried too but I mean I've not been super hot on Stephen Moffat this season I've been very hot and cold but um, I'll say this if anyone can do it it's him because no one tells a story faster than Stephen Moffat. Like, you know, the first six minutes of Day of the Moon, just like that. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, um, there you go. That's uh, that's closing time. Next week, uh, the uh, the wedding of River Song. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at twitter.com slash gungadin. You can also find me uh my alternate Twitter account, uh, t- 
GD commentary where I live tweet things like Sunday Trek and forthcoming Doctor Who season two part two, um, which will include Let's Kill Hitler, etc., uh, which is coming up in a couple like not this week but next week. So keep on keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, you can also find me at Classical Gallifrey where I review classic Doctor Who stories. Um, this week I reviewed The Frontier in Space, which was the best worst episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Um, well, maybe not the best worst, but it was literally just a complete runaround for six episodes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to talk about that eventually on this show. Uh, you can all, and, um, this week I'm actually finally, oh my god, so excited. I'm talking about the gunfighters, um, which I cannot wait for because the gunfighters is so much fun. If you like, if you like Back to the Future Part 3, and you like Doctor Who, you should go watch The Gunfighters, because it's about that much fun, but in Doctor Who. So go check that out. Scott? Um, you know, geekshowentertainment.com and uh, <laughs> uh, Movie Nighty Geek Show and uh, Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli and slash Scott Commentary. So there you go. Send us emails, tdc at geekshow.us if you want, or go to the website and leave comments to this episode. If you want to accuse us of liking something we shouldn't be. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) What? We just have... We just have... We just really like that guy. Yeah. We just really like him, and I'm sorry we're wrong for that. Yeah. I'm really sorry we're wrong for that. Yeah. We can't have opinions. You didn't know that? No, we're we're just supposed to relay things that people already know. That's why they're listening. Yeah. For affirmation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there you go. That's, uh, that's this week's episode. And, uh, we'll be back next week with the wedding of River Song. Here's hoping. All right. Bye guys. Bye guys. Fingers crossed. Bye.